Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. In the marshlands of central Florida, it's the Riley and Kimmy Show. A heavy, ominous stillness falls over the swamp. The Riley and Kimmy Show. It's episode number 1091. If you're listening to the day this is uploaded, it is a Thursday, a throwback Thursday. I guarantee nobody's throwing up on this episode. At least not yet. Right next to me is... Jimmy! I got one name! Jimmy! Hello, everybody! Hello, everybody! 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 everybody. <laughs> Hi! Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. I sure am. I wear that with a badge of honor. Right next to me is the hero of this episode and every single episode, including when we are out and about in public. She is the nice one. She is the hero, and that is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. How are you do- How are you doing on this throwback, not throw-up Thursday? I'm okay. That, that's good. Are you getting all energized and ready for the big holiday weekend? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any plans, like uh, giving somebody a nice gift? Uh, no. Uh, oh, Okay. Did I forget something? I, I, gee, I guess maybe you have. Well, since that's the case, we will be playing for your gift on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Get more of these right than wrong. Then you will receive your holiday gift. Are you ready to see if that gift is coming right now? If it's going to be a an exchange here, or at least a one-sided exchange. Okay. Are you ready to play Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia? Yeah. With a holiday gift on the line. <laughs> It is a Thursday, December 22nd, Kimmy. That is three days before a big holiday. Three days, Kimmy. Mm-hmm. Yes, I hope you have your holiday shopping done. Hope you've uh, selected that gift for somebody special in your life. Here we go with the uh, the first part of Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia. Remember, these questions will be jumbled all around. It is not in chronological order, not linear. It is just plain messed up. And here we go with your very First one. Tell me the year that this game show aired for the last time. Now, it's been rebooted since, but this is the last time in its first incarnation. And tell me the name of the game show. Here is your audio clue. It's opening theme. And tell me the year it aired originally for the very last time.
catchy little tune, huh? Is that the extended dance version? No, that is the true version to the game show. Now, they would use that in the opening and in the close when the host would work the audience at the end of the show. The game show host would. Now, do you have any idea what that game show is? No. I will give you a clue. You could choose from door number one, door number two, or door number three. Well, that's Let's Make a Deal. That's correct. Let's Make a Deal aired for the very last time on this date in history. Kimmy, within five years, give me when that happened. What year? I thought it was still on. I said in its original version, it was rebooted many times, but it ran... Uh, 1978. Very close. 1976 is when it ended for its very first time. It aired on ABC for the last time. Started out back in 1963 on NBC. Wow. But the host for 1963 was the same in 1976. And who was that host? Monty Hall. That's correct. And they tried rebooting it. And they did with him in the later date as well. And you can catch him on Buzzer TV. Mm-hmm. Now, did you watch Let's Make a Deal as a kid? I hated it. Now, did they run it at night? Um, sort of like they do now with uh, Wheel of Fortune mm-hmm. Jeopardy. Yeah. So if I remember right, in most markets, they would run it with Let's Make a Deal and Truth or Consequences as a piggyback. Mm-hmm. They'd run them kind of together. I think so. Did they they do that up in the frozen tundra where you're from? Yeah, I think it was 6 and 6.30. And you didn't. Which one went first? Truth or Consequences was so, at 6. So I think it was the same where I grew up out on the farmland. So you probably watched Truth or Consequences but ran away from mm-hmm. Money Hall. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I love... See, I didn't watch him either as a kid. I loved game shows, but I did not watch that show either. It didn't attract me at all. It did, by the way, air during the daytime, too. They had a nighttime version of it as well. It was a daytime uh, game as well for many years on the networks. Uh, it was one I avoided as well. But as an adult now, and well, even you know earlier in my upper teens, I started watching... That's adulthood, but I started watching him, just watching how he handled audiences and crowds, and I grew to appreciate... Uh, that show, I love watching it now because mm-hmm. he his show is truly probably the most difficult of all of them to be a game show host of, Yeah, to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's constantly working with them, and it's not just a set group of questions and, you know, no, you're wrong, buzz again. Right. <laughs> his is actually detailed. Bob Barker's, too, was at one time with Prices Right, and Drew does as well. They, there's some physicalness with it, but there's more with the Monty Hall years of Let's Make a Deal. Kimmy does not like Let's Make a Deal, but she likes playing it at certain conventions when we do, right? Mm-hmm. But you didn't like watching it. I didn't like watching it as a kid. But you like playing it, correct? Mm-hmm. All right, Kimmy, moving over to this song that was released on this date. Well, actually, it wasn't released. It reached number one. It hit number one. On this date, I want you to tell me the year it hit number one. I will give you a five-year buffer and tell me the recording artist's for this song, it's kind of a trick question there on that one. You'll understand when you hear it. You know it. Remember, we want the year it hit number one within five. And tell me who they are. All right, Kibby, tell me who that is. Alvin and the Chipmunks. I will accept that, or David Seville and the Chipmunks, because David is actually the voice of all the Chipmunks there. Give me the year that that was released within, well, actually the year it hit number one. That's a number one song 
That was number one on the charts. Give me the year within five. 1969. Boy, I wish I could give you this one, Kimmy. I, that present is not looking good here. It was 1958 that that Ooh. was released. Okay. And, you know, his thing is a is a interesting story where he discovered a, a pitch control on a tape control, a tape recorder. And that's how he created that sound many, <laughs> many years ago. So on this date, Kimmy, the sporting goods manufacturers received permission to use synthetic rubber for the core of baseballs. Within 20 years, when was that permission granted? 1920. That's close. 1943 still present is not looking good on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Kimmy, it was on this date. The first string of Christmas tree lights were created. Tell me what year within 25 years did that happen? Hmm. They had candles on trees before this. Mm-hmm. And trees would guess what? Catch on fire. Mm-hmm. 1955. It was 1882. Thomas Edison created the first Christmas tree lights. Okay. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history. It was 1877. Something I'm sure you have read often. The American Bicycling Journal went on sale for the very first time. It was 1894. The United States Golf Association was formed in New York City. It was on this date, Kimmy. Goofy science time. German physicist Wilhelm Röntgen made the first x-ray, and he did it of his wife's hand within 50 years. Tell me when the mad scientist <laughs> decided to play with x-rays. 1825. 1895 is when that happened, Gimme. Okay. Boy, that gift, I guess I'm going to be recycling that one, giving it to somebody else, possibly. Right. Taking it back, getting myself something. It was on this date, Kimmy, moving on to a further part of the uh, almanac here. It was on this date in 1939, Gloria Jacobs became the first girl to hold a world pistol record when she shot 299 out of a possible 300 points. She was just 17 years old at the time. It was on this date in 1956, Colo, the first gorilla to be born in captivity, was born in Columbus, Ohio. It was on this date, Kimmy, and I mean, we're talking about uh, moving at high rate of speed in the air. Family. Unfortunately, you could not fly as a passenger on this plane, and I would give anything to go for a ride in this one. It was 1964. The first test flight of the SR-71 Blackbird took place at Air Force Plant 42 in California. Now, the SR-71 holds the speed, the speed over a recognized course record for flying from New York City to London, a distance of 3,461 miles. Did it at a record time of one hour and 54 minutes and some seconds. It was set on September 1st, 1974, That was not, and it was not operating at full speed when it did this. Now, for comparison, the best commercial Concorde flight, that was a supersonic transport, its time was two hours and 52 minutes. They did it in one hour and 54 minutes, Kimmy. And a Boeing 747 averages six hours and 15 minutes on that flight. Wow. So that should give you an idea. Now... They were averaging a velocity of Mach 2.72. According to declassification, that bird could fly over Mach 3.5. Mm. Would heat up so much that they could actually cook bags of food on the windows. Wow. 
the outside temperature would hit over 500 degrees. The inside glass would hit over 200 degrees, 250 degrees. They could cook baggies of food like the astronauts. That's where the food was actually developed originally, and they would they would cook it right there. They actually had to wear the space suits to be hmm. in this aircraft. It's phenomenal. I mm. interviewed somebody many years ago who was part of the flight team who actually flew in the SR-71. Okay. Wow. I, I, I'd love, just love to, I mean, that thing, oh, that thing, that that's one of my favorite models to ever build. So on this date, 1975, Ike and Tina Turner were robbed of $86,000 when a suitcase was stolen containing concert receipts. It was on this date, 1976, Isaac Hayes filed for bankruptcy. 1981, a rock and roll auction in London brought in $2,000 for a letter of introduction for Buddy Holly to Decca Records. John and Cynthia Lennon's marriage certificate was sold for $850 and an autographed program from the world premiere of the Beatles film Help brought in $2,100. Now, that was 1981. Can you imagine what those items would bring in today? Whoa. A lot. Man, I think if you go back in time and buy those and then mm -hmm. sell them now. Yeah. That'd be bad. That wouldn't be what a flipper would do, and we mm. would not want to do that, right? Mm. That, that'd be bad. Okay. That'd be abuse. Mm. That'd be abuse of your time-traveling abilities. Mm. It would be an abuse. I suppose. In Star Trek, the, they had, you know, you realize in Star Trek series, they had time police. Mm. Oh, yeah, the time police. I can't remember their exact core, the time core, whatever it was. They would come get you doing that kind of thing, get in oh, trouble. You couldn't profit from time travel? You couldn't distort the timeline or profit from time travel. Okay. They had protocols that you had to follow to go back in time. Hmm. That was really laid out in Star Trek Voyager. They dealt with that more than... I think any of the other series, as far as I know. Maybe Enterprise did, too, I think, for a little bit, too. So on this date, Kimmy, give me the year. CBS Records announced the upcoming release of Mick Jagger's first solo album. It'll mm. be released in February. She's the boss. That is the album. You're exactly right. I wasn't even going to ask you that. Give me the year within two years that that announcement came. Um, 84. Exactly right. I take it you have that in your vinyl collection. I do. Gee, big surprise there. Did you actually like that that uh, vinyl, that record? I think I did. I listened to it more, okay. than, more than once. All right. It was on this date. Well, wait a minute. More than once, but we know there are no scratches on that album. No fingerprints either. Of course not. Because you, you treated albums very well. I did. Yes, you were. Not like me. <laughs> actually, I did as well because I was trained to do that. Considering the field, when I started in the field of uh, radio, you had everything was on vinyl. Then eventually everything was on cartridge tape mm -hmm. and then CDs and stuff like that. So on this date, Kimmy, 2015, SpaceX lands a first stage Falcon 9 rocket on the ground after reaching low Earth orbit, and that was the first time in history that occurred. Moving over to notable birthdays today. Now, this is a questionable one that you know. You might be the person who can actually set it in record, which it is, Kimmy. He has two birth dates, two year dates, that is. Born on this date, this day, that's not the question, but the year is the question. Tell me how old he is, officially, today, Rick Nielsen of Cheap Trick. Oh. They have two birth dates listed here. Born in Rockford, well, actually born, raised in Rockford, Illinois, was not born in Rockford, Illinois. Can you tell me his actual age, today? 68. Now, that's interesting because he's listed as either 68 today, born in 1948, or 1950, which would make him 66. So you're taking the 68 one. Mm -hmm. 
You say that's the accurate one. Because I thought he was 67. Okay, so he would flip over today to 68. 68. So he is 68 today. I would have to say it's probably one of your favorite guitarists of mm-hmm. all time, right? Absolutely. You love seeing him. Yes, I do. Now, we have seen him many, many, many times, including uh-huh. the fact Kimmy is in a video, a Cheap Trick video, uh, that has aired all over the world many years ago, recorded in Rockford, Illinois. He does not play like a person you would imagine at the age of 68 would be playing. No. <laughs> not at all. Uh, I Check out Cheap Trick if you have the opportunity. That is such a fun concert. Yes. I, I would, hey, if you find out they're playing, I want to go. Mm-hmm. Long yeah. As, long as it's within driving distance. I got I to gotta do my uh, search to see when their next upcoming concert is, because it should be about time. Yeah, I look I look forward to seeing uh-huh. them. Love seeing them. Now, Kimmy, see if you can identify this game show host who was born on this date, no longer with us. Identify who this game show host is. Anne has finished writing her answer, Margie, so I ask for your response. Now, how do you fill in that blank? Blank Hood. Robin Hood. Robin Hood for $5,000. Anne, may we see your answer? And I'm certainly glad you wore your undies and all that today because that's... <laughs> we had to do a little editing there. You now have $5,600, oh. and I know it's very exciting, but we've got to carry on here, and you've got to meet another player and play another game. You want to do that? All right, let's welcome Lonnie Stewart. Can me identify that game show host? Gene Rayburn. That is correct. Gene Rayburn, who was the host of what TV game show? Match Game. Yes, match game. This is the time of year I always look forward to because, well, coming up in January would be the next match game. They would, you know, drop down the new number. Match mm-hmm. game, whatever year. Remember? Mm-hmm. And you can catch match game. They run quite a few. I, I don't know if they run the entire 1970s into the 80s uh, version of it or not, but they do run a bulk of them, especially the early years. It's really fascinating checking that, checking that out, the guests and stuff. Uh, they run match game on Buzzer TV. The fashions. Well, you like checking out for that. Oh. The fashions? You yeah. Do? It, it's interesting checking that out, that out, especially before the major set of stars on it were there when they had other, before they got that that cast, you know, of uh, mm-hmm. Charles Nelson Riley, Brett Summers, and you'll go for whom for the question, Kimmy? The answer. Richard Dawson. That's right. Before Richard was there and that. They, it's just interesting watching how that uh, that works out. Now, Gene Rayburn was kind of an interesting cat here. He lived in, by the way, first of all, he was born not close to you or me, but he was born in our state just outside of Carbondale. Oh. In a very, very small rural town, about 20 miles outside of Carbondale, Illinois. And he made it to the big time. Hmm. And was big in golden age of radio. Matter of fact, did some film and did some stage work. His stand-in was Charles Nelson Riley. So they had a, a relationship, you know, before Match Game. What's interesting with Match Game, I was going to say he's an interesting cat. That is uh, Gene Rayburn. He lived in Massachusetts on Cape Cod. And when they were taping Match Game in Los Angeles, he would commute to California every two weeks and tape 12 shows over the course of a weekend. Wow. Can you imagine doing 12 of those shows over a weekend? I 
I always wondered what their taping schedule was, but he would do that. He would tape 12 of those shows over a weekend, five daytime shows, and one nighttime show per taping day. Wow. That's pretty wicked. Yeah. And from 1973 to 1977, Match Game was number one among all daytime network game shows, and three of those years, it was the highest rated of all daytime shows. Wow. And Rayburn was a guest star on the... <laughs> I can't believe this. He was a guest star in 1979 on an episode of The Love Boat, playing a love interest to Fanny Flagg. Ooh. So be looking for that one on MeTV, because MeTV, for some reason, decided that Sunday is the best day to run the Love Boat marathons. So you might catch Gene Rayburn, the guy from Match Game, trying to hook up with Fanny Flagg. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it, Boy. Kimmy? Yeah, you yeah. like that idea, right? Wow. Okay, I'll be me, looking for that one. Uh, well, you do. That's me TV if it's in your market, that retro television uh, network. Here we go, Kimmy. See if you can identify this birthday person. She's best known for the role of June Cleaver. Can you tell me who she is, Kimmy? Barbara Billingsley. That's right, Barbara Billingsley. What TV show was uh, you know she a uh, part of? Leave It to Beaver. That's correct, Leave It to Beaver. Ran from 1957 to 1963, and she was also in the sequel, The New Leave It to Beaver, from 1983 to 1989. Can you tell me when she passed away? What year, within five years, did we lose Barbara Billingsley? And I will give you this much. She died at the age of 94. Um, 2012? We lost her. You're close. 2010. She passed away at the age of 94. Did you like Leave it to Beaver? Yeah. See, I love the early years of Leave it to Beaver, the the little Leave it to Beaver. Uh-huh. <laughs> when he's kind of little, you know. Yeah. You know, Gus and the Net thing. And yeah. Those ages. Getting his head stuck in the the uh, fence. Mm-hmm. Stuck in a bowl of soup. Remember that one? Wasn't it soup or yeah. something like that? Yep. Yeah, those, those, those are the great years. Or coffee. I don't remember. I, it might have been coffee. I don't remember. I don't remember. He was up on a billboard. Yeah. I can't. Was it Whitey that was stuck with him? I can't remember who was stuck with him. Or Larry. Some, I some, don't remember. Somebody ended up being a victim <laughs> of Beaver. Yeah, those those years I really enjoy. See if you can identify the age of this person, Diane Sawyer, Kimmy. Diane Sawyer is having a birthday. How old is Diane Sawyer? Within five. A mm, hundred and two. Ooh, not close. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to take another guess? You know, you're... Uh, 74. That's close, Kimmy. You got it within the five-year limit. She is 71 today. Have you ever noticed when she's on television, they run the filter mm-hmm. on her? I wonder, I'd have to look back on film. I wonder when they start, or on videos, when did they start doing that with her, I wonder? A while ago. Because, I mean, it, it to me it was painfully obvious, but I know because of what I work in, it was more obvious to me. I don't know if others who don't do a lot of video or audio stuff would have noticed that as much. Yeah, they, they loved using that on her, didn't they? Mm-hmm. This person having a birthday today, Kimmy, Steve Garvey, baseball player. Tell me how old Steve Garvey is within five years. 60. He is 68 today, Kimmy, and he played in Major League Baseball almost his entire career for one team. Can you tell me the team? L.A. Dodgers. That's correct. Redeem yourself there. Twins having a birthday today, Robin Gibb and Maurice Gibb. Tell me which one passed away first, Robin or Maurice? Maurice. 
That is correct. He passed away in 2003 at the age of 53. Robin passed away at the age of 62. 2012 is when that happened. Tell me the group that they founded and were part of. The Bee Gees. That's correct. Brothers Gibb. Moving over to this person having a birthday today. Luther Campbell. You know him. Best known for being rapper, lead leader of the group, two live crew. Tell me how old he is today within five. Hmm. 55? You're close, 56 today. Moving over to another part of the almanac. I see dead people. It is notable deaths today, Kimmy. It's on this date, 1943, Beatrix Potter, the English children's writer and illustrator of the tale of Peter Rabbit, died at the age of 77. This person passed away in 1993. Don DeFore died at the age of 80. He was an American film, radio, and television actor. DeFore is best known from the TV series The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, playing the next-door neighbor, but even more known for playing George Baxter, Mr. B, on Hazel. Did you ever watch Hazel? No, I never did. Uh, I, I I tried to stay away from it. Even I didn't catch when it originally ran. You know, in syndication they would run it. And even now when it's, I think, on Antenna TV, I think, runs Hazel, it's like, I, I stay away from that. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. He Hazel ran for a number of seasons. The last season they fired him. When he went to a different network, they fired he and the person who played his wife, and but they kept Hazel. Hmm. So there you go. A little bit about him. All right. And by the way, we have the Emmy Awards because of him. He was instrumental in arranging the Emmy Awards to be broadcast on national television for the first time back in March of 1955. It was 2010 for voiceover fans, lovers of adventure shows on radio and TV, radio like the Green Hornet, and The Lone Ranger, TV, definitely The Lone Ranger, 2010, marked the passing of Fred Foy at the age of 89. He's best known for his narrations of The Lone Ranger and, of course, The Green Hornet. He did as well. He took over. But many recognize him as possibly the best narrator from the golden age of radio. A fiery horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver. The Lone Ranger. He would do that many, many years on radio and then would transfer to television. Hmm. That is Fred Foy. Passed away in 2010. See if you can identify this musician who passed away. Kimmy, give me the year that they passed within five years. See if you can identify them with one of their hit singles. Here is your audio clue. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Gimme, who is that person? Joe Cocker. That is correct. Gimme the year Joe Cocker passed within five years. 1990? He passed away 2014 at the age of 70. That wraps up our list. I see there's no present going into your hands after the after this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Maybe next time, Kimmy. But we're going to focus on something from the Almanac. Radio That's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Anytime we go back in time and focus on the golden age of radio, we take that opportunity. And we're doing that right now because in the Almanac today, we focused on Don DeFore. He passed away on this date in 1993 at the age of 80. The guy from Hazel we talked about. He's also on Ozzy and Harriet TV show as well. Well, he did a ton of golden age of radio work. And we have a fantastic one here. A good example from the golden age of radio. It's a suspenseful one. The episode's titled... 
the furnished floor, and it is actually quite weird. This episode is a person who moved out of his house after his wife died, sold all the furniture, moved away. He actually rented the top floor of a home, and the landlady never thought she'd see him again. And one year later, he returns and starts putting back all the furniture that he had sold piece by piece and then has a mysterious new wife. Ooh. Definitely mm. suspenseful. Going back to 1945 in honor of Don DeFore, here's the furnished floor on the Riley and Kimmy show. Suspense. Tonight, Roma Wines bring you Miss Mildred Natwick and Mr. Don DeFore as stars of The Furnished Floor, a suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Roma Wines by William Spear. Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills, is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live, to your happiness and entertaining guests, to your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant, as Roma Wines bring you a remarkable tale of suspense. And with The Furnished Floor, a new study written for suspense by Lucille Fletcher, the author of Sorry Wrong Number and other distinguished radio plays, and with the performances of Don DeFore as Mr. Jennings and Mildred Natwick as Mrs. Hawkins, Roma Wines hope indeed to keep you in suspense. Sit down, rest yourself a minute, Ms. McIntyre, and take a cup of tea. I got some news for you. You'll never guess it in a hundred years. Do you remember that Mr. Jennings, you know, my nice tenant that moved away last year? The tall, thin fella, the one with the pretty little wife, Mabel, who died so sudden last October. Oh, sure, you know him. Most devoted husband I ever seen. Always bringing her flowers and billing and cooing. He moved out upstairs about two weeks after she died. So heartbroken he was. Sold every stick of furniture, got rid of the canary and the piano, and just skadooed. I expected any day to hear they'd fished him up out of the river, but no. This morning, while I'm cleaning down the stairs, who do you think should ring my bell? Hello, Mrs. Hawkins. Remember me? What? It's Mr. Jennings. Mr. Jennings, you're sure giving me a turn. I never expected to see you around this neighborhood again. Well, here I am. How's the upstairs floor? <laughs> Just as you left it, Mr. Jennings. I haven't rented it to a soul. Well, I want to rent it again. But you, Mr. Jennings? That's right. I'm setting up housekeeping again. Well, if that don't be... Getting married again, Mr. Jennings? In a way. Let's run up and take a look, shall we? Okay, if you say so. Only, won't it make you feel kind of blue to see the old place again? Blue? Why should it? Well, memories, you know. That's just what I want to find. Memories. Everything just as it was. Huh. Uh, I hope you've left it just the same, Mrs. Hawkins. No painting or new wallpaper? Uh, not yet. Thought I'd fix it up to please the new tenant. Well, leave it just as it was. Please, for me. <sighs> well, here's the keys. 
Maybe you'd like to go in and look around by yourself. No. Do come in, Mrs. Hawkins. You were always so very kind. More a friend than a landlady. Oh, how beautiful it looks, even bare. The sunshine always was so warm up here. And the trees. Why, I'd almost forgotten how close the trees were. And there's the marks our sofa made against the wall. And the square shapes of our pictures still on the wallpaper. Mm. Well, it could stand a good cleaning, of course. Do you remember how Mabel used to sit here of an evening and sing? Now, the upright was over there, and over at the Maxfield Parish, and over near the bay window, above the ferns, the canary sat in his cage, and when she sang Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, he'd always sing with her. Oh, come now, Mr. Jennings. You'll be getting yourself all fretted up. Oh, no, no, I... I assure you, Mrs. Hawkins, it's very important. You see, I'm going to have it again, just as it was. Is that so? I've made a list, but in a year, so many details escape one. Like those ferns, for instance. Well, I'd almost forgotten how she loved ferns. Oh, yes, and there was something over in that corner. What was it? A rocker. Her mother's old rocker. It used to squeak over a loose board whenever anybody sat in it. You mean you're going to try and find all them things again, Mr. Jennings? Yes. But you sold all them to junk dealers. You gave them away. But you scattered them every which way when you broke up your home. I've already been looking. I've collected a lot of things. It isn't so hard. You see, our furniture wasn't very precious to anyone but us. Well, of course you know what you're doing, Mr. Jennings. It's none of my business, I suppose. Uh, will two months' rent be enough in advance, Mrs. Hawkins? I won't be moving in for another couple of weeks, but from time to time, uh, I'd like to have things delivered. Well, two months will be just dandy. I'll make you a special bargain price, too, seeing you don't want no redecorating. You're sure your lady friend won't want none neither, Mr. Jennings? I hardly think so. Well, I hope you'll both be very happy here. It's nice to have you back in the neighborhood. It's good to be home. Now, Mrs. McIntyre, what would you have done in my place? I admit it gave me a funny feeling, you know. You would think a man had more respect for the dead and her dead only less than a year than to bring a new wife plumb back to the same floor and the same furniture. And I say, what kind of a woman is she, too, to stand for that kind of nonsense? But, of course, it ain't really none of my business. Besides, two months' rent, two months' rent. Well, Mr. Jennings, what are you doing here this time of night? I'm moving in. Moving in? I intended coming much earlier, but I had so many last-minute things to do, like picking up Dickie and... Oh, now, don't tell me that's your old canary, Mr. Jennings. Yes, it's little Dickie. I found him in a pet shop on 3rd Avenue, in his old cage. <laughs> he looks pretty chipper, doesn't he? Well, aren't you the one? I'd have thought he'd have died of lonesomeness ages ago. Did all my furniture and things get here, Mrs. Hawkins? Just about. They've been delivering off and on for the last week. You sure got everything back, Mr. Jennings. Well, pretty nearly everything. A couple of rugs are missing and our old kitchen table and... Oh, see, I got the piano. I bought the old upright back from the Sunday school. 
Boy, I've been more than lucky. Uh, Miss Hawkins, you won't mind, will you, if I start moving some of it into place tonight? I'll be very quiet. Tonight? Well, it's pretty near midnight, Mr. Jennings. Yes, I know, but I'd have to work all day tomorrow and the next day. You see, there's so little time. Oh, you're expecting her soon? Very soon. Oh, well, if you don't get it done in time, I'll be glad to give you and her a hand when she gets here. Oh, no, no. It's got to be all ready before she comes. Otherwise, she won't come. You don't say, Mr. Jennings. So, if you don't mind, it'll only be for a few nights. And I won't move any of the heavy pieces after midnight. If you only knew what this means to me, Mrs. Hawkins, how I've waited for months. Is that so, Mr. Jennings? Well... I'm sure glad you found somebody to make a home for you again, and I hope she's the right girl for you and is going to make you happy. Oh, she will, all right. Of course, <clears throat> there are some people I know say a man ought to wait a couple of years, but, well, I was only saying yesterday, certain men are natural-born husbands, and homebodies, they need a home and a woman to look after them. Uh, yeah, yes, that's, that's true. Well, good night, Mrs. Hawkins. I'll try not to disturb you. Good night, Mr. Jennings. Come in, Mrs. McIntyre. No, it's okay. He's at the office. He'll never know we come up. Yeah. Take a look around. Ain't it something? Everything fixed up down to the last knife and fork, just exactly as she had it. Don't it give you the creeps? Yep. That's the same canary singing in his cage, just like it used to. And look, Mrs. McIntyre, come here in the bedroom. He's even got her clothes hung up in the closet. Well, I'm asking you, Mrs. McIntyre, what do you think the second Mrs. Jennings is going to say to that? <whistles> Mr. Jennings? Oh, hello, Mrs. Hawkins. Well, I've been beside myself with worry, Mr. Jennings. Where you been all this time, if I may ask? Right here. Right here? What did oh. you... Didn't you hear us come in? I've been to work all day, of course, but last night, a little after one. Oh, oh, perhaps you were sleeping. Us? You mean you and... Well, yes. She's come. You mean she's been upstairs all day? Certainly. But I haven't heard a sound. Probably she's sleeping. She, she was very tired. The trip was more exhausting than I'd dreamed. Well, you might have stopped by and told me on your way to work this morning, Mr. Jennings... Of course, it's none of my business, but I could have at least introduced myself to my own tenant and maybe even helped her out. Oh, it's all right. She doesn't want to see anybody just yet. Oh, no? Well, of course, I wouldn't intrude on your privacy for anything, Mr. Jennings, although I'm sure when the first Mrs. Jennings was alive, we were all friends here. Oh, no, no, it isn't that. It's only that in these first few days, everything is so new and strange. She's not quite herself. Okay, Mr. Jennings. You know best. But if you should want me, you just call down the dumb waiter, and I'll be right up. Thanks, Mrs. Hawkins. Thank you. But on no account are we to be disturbed. On no account.
wrong, Mrs. McIntyre. The last thing in the world I am is a busybody, but, well, you know, I don't go out much on account of my heart, and our two floors are kind of close. Downstairs in my dining room, you can hear most everything that goes on upstairs. Now, wouldn't you have thought there'd have been something last night, some talking or footsteps or dishes rattling? Well, I'm telling you, I sat there till midnight, and there wasn't a thing, nothing at all, except along, along about half past twelve... I hear the dumb waiter come rumbling down the shaft. Well, I just stole a peek, and there, going by with his claws sticking up in the air, was that little yellow canary, dead. Good morning, Mrs. Hawkins. Good morning. And how's Mrs. Jennings today? Wonderful. Feeling a bit better now? Oh, yes. Of course, she's still very weak, but every day, I'm sure, will make her stronger. I have high hopes for her recovery. You had a doctor in to see her yet? Dr. Rubenstein, my doctor, is very good. No. I'm afraid a doctor wouldn't help her. <laughs> no, no. Mrs. Jennings! Mrs. Jennings! It's Mrs. Hawkins! The lady downstairs! I heard you were sick, and so I got a little bit of lunch for you, Mrs. Jennings. It's just a little bowl of homemade chicken broth, but it's nice and rich. You sleeping, Mrs. Jennings? Okay, then I'll just slip in quietly with my own keys, if you don't mind, and leave it right beside your bed. Oh, that's funny. Oh, he must have bought a new kind of lock. He didn't say anything to me. Mrs. Jennings! Mrs. Jennings! Jennings? Oh. oh, good evening, Mrs. Hawkins. You got a minute, Mr. Jennings. I'd like to speak to you, if you don't mind. Well, uh, Mrs. Jennings is waiting for me upstairs. It's about Mrs. Jennings. She's still poorly, you say? Well, she is confined a good deal to her bed. Well, why don't you get someone in to look after her? I know a good woman. Mrs. McIntyre goes out nursing by the day. No. Oh, no. Well, I don't like it, Mr. Jennings, locking her up like that every morning so not a soul can get in. Suppose something happened. What could happen? What could happen? Anything could happen. A fire. Oh, that doesn't worry me. Or, or she could get worse and maybe even die. Oh, no. Everybody's got to go sometime, Mr. Jennings. I wouldn't take no chances. Yes, I know. But not her. Not her? Whatever do you mean, Mr. Jennings? Because she's immune. Immune? Against... She ain't got no contagious disease up there, has she? Oh, no, no, it's nothing like that. Oh, Mrs. Hawkins, please, please don't worry or be uneasy. It's worked out so beautifully. It's nothing that can do you any harm. And we're so happy, so wonderfully happy. Oh, oh Mr. Jennings, I'll, I'll be up in about one hour with the plumber. The plumber? 
I'm sorry to disturb you at supper time, but there's something gone wrong with the pipes, and we think it's upstairs in your floor. You can't come in. Mrs. Jennings will be sleeping. Plummer says it's the only time he can come. Unless he comes tomorrow afternoon while you're at the office. You want to leave me your key, Mr. Jennings? No, no, I can't. Well, he'll have to get in there sooner or later, Mr. Jennings. The water downstairs all black and discolored. It's out of the question tonight. I'll discuss it with you in the morning. Okay, Mr. Jennings. Now, Mrs. McIntyre, how would you feel? Your own house going to rack and ruin. You can't even do nothing about it. I ask you, what kind of a thing's he got up there that nobody can see? I tell you, just sitting here in this silent house night after night gives me the creeps. And with my heart, what tis? Well, anyway, his two months' rent's up tomorrow. And I got my mind made up. I got my mind made up. Oh, oh, good evening, Mrs. Hawkins. Why, I didn't know you for a minute standing there in the dark. Well, I didn't want to miss you this time, Mr. Jennings. No? I got your money this morning for next month stuck under the door. Oh, yes, yes. I, I had to leave early. I hope it was all right. No, it wasn't all right. I'm sorry, but the floor's been rented, Mr. Jennings. Rented? To a young serviceman and his wife from the fort. They took it sight unseen this morning. Oh, but you can't. They're living in a crowded room on 81st Street. It's very crowded. I told them I figured you could probably get most of your stuff out in a week. A week? I never told you I was going, Mrs. Hawkins. I'm sorry, Mr. Jennings. If, well, if it's a matter of a little more rent, I'll be glad to pay and sign a lease, any kind of a lease you want. It's not a matter of rent or a lease, Mr. Jennings. It's just, I want my floor back, that's all. But, Mrs. Hawkins, I... I like neighborly people upstairs, Mr. Jennings. I'm home a lot. I like people I can trust. I don't want no mysteries in my house. New locks on the door so no one can get in and sneakings in and out at night. Oh, Mrs. Hawkins, I, I swear to you it's all right. Perfectly all right. All this business about Mrs. Jennings, never a face at the window, never a footstep on the floor or a dish rag hung out on the line. Mrs. Jennings is ill. She's not like other people. <laughs> Oh, I tell you, I won't go. You've got to let me stay. Here's your rent back, Mr. Jennings. I, I haven't any place to go. This is my home. It's all I have. I staked out of everything on being here. Everything. There are other floors vacant in this neighborhood. No, no. no. It's got to be this one, this, this particular floor. Uh, Mrs. Hawkins, if I could buy the house, the whole house. Buy the house? Yes, yes, if it's for sale. Perhaps you've never thought of selling it, but... I'd give you a good price. I'd scrape the money together somehow. This house ain't for sale. It happens to be my home, too, Mr. Jennings. Oh, I know, I know, but you're all alone now that Mr. Hawkins is... Oh, I'm... I mean, it's a heavy responsibility. A big house and all those stairs to keep clean and, and the repairs and all. Oh, Mrs. Hawkins, if you don't reconsider, I, I'd do anything. No, it's too much for me. I don't understand it. Why can't she see me and talk to me? Why can't she invite me in for a cup of tea and explain? Because she... she can't. What's the matter with her that she can't? Is she so ugly or so beautiful or so crazy? Who... who is she, anyway? Uh, I can't tell you. Okay, Mr. Jennings. Then that's that. (laughs) 
Hawkins. Mrs. Hawkins. Yes? I'm here, Mr. Jennings, at the dumbwaiter. Mrs. Hawkins. Yes, Mr. Jennings. What is it? I'm sending you down the key on the dumbwaiter. She wants you to come up. She? Mrs. Jennings. Okay. Got it? Yes. She wants me to come up now, Mr. Jennings? That's right. Well, it's kind of late. If she ain't so well. That's all right. She's feeling much better tonight. She wants to talk to you about the floor before it's too late. Okay. I'll be right up. Okay, Mr. Jennings. I, uh, I'm here. Come in. You have the key. Okay. Oh, where's your lights, Mr. Jennings? I can't see a thing. I'll light a candle in a moment. Mrs. Jennings prefers the dark. But you know this floor so well, Mrs. Hawkins. Come in. Oh, where are you, Mr. Jennings? Right in here, in the parlor. Sitting on the sofa. Oh! oh. That's just the wind. There's always a little draft blowing in here. But won't you sit down, Mrs. Hawkins? Uh, no, thanks. I'm only going to stay a minute... Just long enough to meet Mrs. Jennings. Oh, but you've already met her. Already met her? Don't you remember? Five years ago, a rather chilly day, the rain was falling. She rang the bell to ask about the upstairs floor, and you invited her in for a cup of tea. I'm afraid you're mistaken. That was uh, the first Mrs. Jennings. That's what I mean. Oh. Oh, no, Mr. Jennings. Now do you understand, Mrs. Hawkins? Now do you know why we couldn't ever go away? We? But there couldn't... Well, the first Mrs. Jennings, it's... I know. You saw her coffin in this very room, didn't you, Mrs. Hawkins? You saw them take her away. I think you even followed out to that cold, dark cemetery. Well, but... That... But she couldn't stay away. She pleaded with me in my dreams to bring her back, and... I brought her back. Oh. oh, no, Mr. Jennings. Don't say such things. If everything were the same as in the past, she said, we could have the past. If I furnished our old floor with the same things... She'd live here, too. Excuse me, Mr. Jennings. I'm afraid I got Oh, no, to... no, no. Don't go yet. There's nothing frightening about it. Would you be afraid to look at a forsythia bush that had been asleep all winter? Or a tulip 
Or a tree? I... I ain't afraid, Mr. Jennings. I only... Listen. What? You don't hear it? In the bedroom? The rocking? No. Mabel. Mabel. No. Don't. Don't call her. I... I, I hear it, Mr. Jennings. Oh, but she wants to meet you. She's always loved you so much. I, I really... I just as soon... Some other time, Mr. Jennings. Oh, the door's locked. It snapped shut behind mm. you. Mm. Really, Mrs. Hawkins, don't go. She'll be in in a moment. There. There. She's coming down the hall. Now, let me out of this. Do you hear? Let me out. My heart won't stand. Oh, oh. There she is. Uh, where? Standing in the doorway, smiling. Oh, my darling. My darling. I don't see nobody. Mrs. Hawkins. She's going to sing for you. Sing for me? This is the first night she's been able to. You remember the old song she used to sing of an evening? Swing low, sweet I, d I don't want to hear it. Oh, please, please, Mrs. Hawkins. She's very timid. You're frightened. And the dead can't come back. They'd never want to live on this earth again. And... Go on, Mabel, oh. dearest. Don't mind. You're looking very beautiful tonight, my darling. I like that dress. Do you remember when we bought it? On our first wedding oh, anniversary. Why don't they all come back, then? Why couldn't my poor old John... Sit down, dearest. There. Now it seems like old times again. The flower in your hair. The canary singing in his cage. No. No, it can't. I... Oh. Oh, I told you. My heart. Oh, get a doctor, quick. Your voice. Your voice was always like a bird's to me. I'll never forget the first time I ever heard it. On an evening. In spring. At the Calvary Baptist Church. Doctor. Play, dearest, play. Go on, dearest. It's all right. Sing. Swing low, sweet chariot. Come and for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot. Come and have brought you Mildred Natwick and Don DeFore as stars of The Furnished Floor. Tonight's study in Suspense. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. 
We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.